Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, House Bill 728 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop House Bill 728. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. What's up, everybody? Good Monday morning. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you guys are with me on a day that I'm I'm mad about soccer. I'm not going to talk about it, aside from the fact that ties should be illegal, and we're fine. Everybody's freaking out. We're going to qualify for the World Cup. We're in fine shape, but ties should be illegal. Also, maybe we shouldn't tie teams that we're better than. But again, I'm not going to do that and talk about that anymore today. It's football day. First, overreaction Monday. Some things that I saw this weekend. I've got a take uh, that is probably going to turn out to be false, but as is tradition with me, uh, it's probably going to turn out being false. However, after week one of college football, and we still have a game tonight, after week one of college football, I think that there's something good happening here. I'll explain what I mean by that. And Orgeron. So I did the Saturday night live stream before that game could really end and react to it. Uh, we got to talk about that in the future, uh, his future at LSU and, and what that means. And of course, tonight, Ole Miss and Louisville and Ole Miss will be without Lane Kiffin, as you guys know. Uh, what will that look like? Life without Lane, at least for a day. Life without Lane and what that will look like. We haven't gotten anything definitive as far as like, You know, this guy's going to be the acting head coach or whatever, but there's good and there's bad when it comes to Lane Kiffin being out. So we'll talk about all that right here on the live stream. First, I do want to remind you real quick that uh, this is streaming on YouTube. If you're not a YouTube user, find me on YouTube, Michael Borky on YouTube, and and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's free. If you have a YouTube account, it's free. And uh, click that little bell uh, so you know every time I go live. Uh, The Saturday night stream is going to be a little inconsistent. Uh, because I've got a bachelor party coming up. I've got a wedding uh, coming up. My wife's birthday's coming up. My son's birthday's coming up. So it's going to be a little all over the place. I can't nail down a definitive time, but I'm going to do it. It was really fun on Saturday night. A lot of you guys joined me there. So don't miss anything. Subscribe on YouTube. Michael Borky. Also follow on Twitter and Facebook. And then wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the morning or my name should turn up results. Just subscribe to the podcast feed. Never miss a second of me talking to myself here and with you guys, of course, in my home office. William says, Heidi Toddy, it's game day. Moneybag Ty says, I couldn't sleep much because of the game tonight. We'll probably not know until a couple of hours at most before the game. Should I start with that? I'm going to start with that. Yeah, I'll start with old Miss Louisville. I don't know what I'm thinking putting that behind talking about Ed Orgeron, but um, I'm going to start with Ole Miss Louisville tonight. So, obviously, we've done a ton of talking about this game going into it. Uh, the Hayes kind of in the barn until Lane Kiffin tests positive for for COVID and he cannot coach the game tonight. So, there, there's good and there's bad. Obviously, it's bad that he has COVID. Sounds like his symptoms aren't very much, if any. And he will likely be joining the team next week and they'll be off and running good to go. Uh, 
no big deal. It's also good. I said this Saturday night, but in case you didn't watch it, this is exactly why the 100% vaccination thing was a good thing and why it was such a big story. I've seen and heard from some people that are like, oh, what? what's the point then? So much for the 100% vaccine. They're not a force field, but what they allowed to happen was if, say, Matt Corral was not, he wouldn't be playing tonight because of the close contact quarantine thing. Since the entire team is vaccinated, Lane Kiffin's out, and it didn't really impact anybody else. So that's a good thing. Also, uh, here's positive spin and the negative spin. The positive spin is it's not like somebody who doesn't call plays is going to have to take over the duties. Lane Kiffin is not the play caller in the offense. He has Jeff Levy there. Uh, Jeff Levy is viewed very highly by a lot of people with his ability to call plays. Apparently, he's very, very good at it. Uh, Gets overshadowed because who he offensive coordinates for Elaine Kiffin gets all the credit at Ole Miss. He gets all the credit for his offense, but really Jeff Levy should be uh, heavily looked at in college football circles as a high-level play caller. So they'll be fine there because Jeff Levy's the play caller. There's not some kind of adjustment period. What they're going to be missing is in-game adjustments, schematic adjustments, decision-making, and game management. Uh, that's where they're going to be missing Lane more so than calling plays because Jeff Lebby calls plays for the most part. Of course, Lane Kiffin has heavy, heavy, heavy influence on the offense and decisions and stuff like that. How could he not? But he has a play caller. It's not a situation where you've seen in the past where, like, although the offenses are different, if Mike Leach were to happen to test positive for COVID, that's going to be an adjustment. Mike Leach is the play caller. It's it's his deal. And so somebody's going to have to step into a role that uh, they may not be used to or comfortable with. Not so much the case at Ole Miss because, again, Lane has heavy influence, but he is not the play caller. It is Jeff Levy, and he has a track record of being really, really good at that. But it's game management adjustments, schematic things that Kiffin's heavily involved in that he won't be there to do. Obviously, that is a a big deal and uh, really significant for Ole Miss tonight, something they'll have to overcome. I also wonder what that dynamic is is going to be like with with Kiffin not there and, say, Matt Corral makes a mistake or two. Uh, Without his coach there, and Jeff Lebby, I presume, is still going to be up in the booth, who is going to really be talking to Matt Corral. I know they have phones and stuff, but it's different when it's not Kiffin, you know, his guy. If Corral makes a couple mistakes early, how is that going to be handled with Kiffin not there? So the good, Jeff Lebby's a good play caller. He's proven it. He's got a resume that shows it. He's unheralded or whatever you want to call it. He's underappreciated because of who he OCs for, but he's a good one, and and I think he'll prove it tonight. So that that's not a big adjustment. As far as game planning and all that stuff, all that haze in the barn, uh, decision-making, I'm sure they're going to have basically a script where, um, you know, they've talked often about their fourth down decisions. They went went for it on fourth down more than any team in the SEC last year, and they use like a book, basically. It's like that card, the blackjack card. They do that with 
fourth down decisions. So that kind of stuff will still be there, even though it's not Lane actually pulling the trigger. They'll be prepared to make those decisions. Uh, Scheme will still be uh, one that was decided and stuff like that by Kiffin ahead of time. So it's just the in-game stuff. It's just the in-game stuff. Some of your comments, I'll get to those right now. Uh, Charlie says, morning, Rebs up three touchdowns at the half in Levy. We trust Chris. We're going to talk about the U.S. versus Canada game. Yeah, I, I actually watched that over uh, Florida State Notre Dame. I, I went out with a couple of buddies and we were watching the soccer game. They had Florida State obviously on TVs as well. But yeah, I was out watching that game. People are freaking out, and people need to chill. I mean, obviously, the two draws to start World Cup qualifying are not good. I'm not going to try to tell you that the results are good. In fact, they're they're disappointing, really disappointing. But people are losing their mind. Like, they're two games into a 14-game qualifying schedule. They're in fine shape. It's disappointing for them to perform like this after the summer that they had, which was incredible. But people are freaking out and doing the fire Burhalter thing. I, I have no patience for that. I have no, no patience whatsoever for that. It's the second game in this deal. It's the second of 14 games. They're going to be fine, especially if they win on Wednesday. They're all good. Like, it. People are freaking out. They just need to chill. But no, it was not a good performance. Pulisic should have scored, though, hit the post. I mean, they should have won the game. Uh, John Brooks was sleeping on the goal they gave up right after they went up one. But they're fine. I'm not I'm not worried about them. Not yet, anyway. How about that Notre Dame-Florida State game last night? Yeah, why was Mackenzie Milton not starting? Can somebody explain that to me? <laughs> why was Mackenzie Milton not starting? He's clearly the better option at Florida State. He should be the guy moving forward. Moneybag Ty asking if Kiffin can call in during halftime to help with adjustments. He cannot. Uh, I think it's, what is it, 90? He can have contact up until, I'm not getting this right. Forgive me if this is incorrect, but I know he can have contact up until a certain point before the game. Maybe it's 90 minutes. I'm not quite sure what that time is. But he can talk to his team and stuff up until the start of the game and cannot talk to them again until the end of the game. Now, you know, maybe they... You know, maybe they find a way. I don't know. I mean, Alabama certainly in the past has had people that are not supposed to be in communication with coaches, being in communication with coaches during the game. I mean, that's happened before. So, you know, maybe they find a way. I I, I don't know. But it, it'll be tough anyway to communicate from, what, Kiffin's living room in Oxford to coaches and stuff in Atlanta and make that make any sense at all. Yeah, I think if you're Lane Kiffin, what you have to do is trust your staff and prepare for every scenario ahead of time. But you got to kind of turn it over and let them be them. I mean, you got to let Levy run the show uh, offensively. Uh, luckily for Ole Miss, they have DJ Durkin there, who has been a head coach and, and was a good one, too. Uh, you all know the circumstances for why he's not anymore. Uh, but him being on staff is is good because he, he understands how to coach a game. You know what I mean? Um, he's been a head coach, and that will be, I don't know if a calming presence is the right word, but a structural presence uh, that they need there. Without their head coach, they've got somebody who's done it and is comfortable doing it, which should be a big help. I think they're going to keep Levy up in the booth and let Durkin kind of be the coach and um, the, the coach – interim, whatever you want to call it tonight. Uh, but really, most of the decisions have already been made. It's just somebody kind of executing that. 
Um, and that being it. So no, no cell phone. Uh, you know, I, I guess they could in theory, but it is against the rules for them uh, to to be in contact with him once the game begins. Charlie says, go ahead and buy your stock on Corral Heisman odds before the game starts. Especially after a few guys have, have had the weekends that they did. I'm not saying he's going to win the Heisman. I don't think Ole Miss is going to win enough for him to actually uh, be a real candidate. I mean, we all know what the Heisman is by now, don't we? It's not the best player in college football. It is, um, it's the quarterback or the running back or the best offensive player on the best team, you know. Uh, so I just, you know, a, a team that goes eight and four is not going to have a Heisman Trophy winner. But uh, you had some not great performances from guys uh, in front of him in, in the the odds this weekend. So maybe with a good performance tonight, he can bump that up. Brett says Kiffin is not allowed contact. Yeah, so he's not allowed to have contact. I think it's 90 minutes before the game, I think. Uh, if he tests negative today, could he, in theory, join the team tonight? Um. If common sense prevailed, then yeah. Uh, I mean, Nick Saban did it last year. We have precedent for that. So what they should have done, and maybe they were trying to do it, I don't know. I haven't seen that reported anywhere. Nobody's told me that this is happening. But if I were them, I would have tested Lane Kiffin four times yesterday. Why not? I mean, in the morning, if he's positive, if that's out of his system by the afternoon, you, you test him four times yesterday, and then he wakes up in the morning today, and he gets another test. And if that's negative, we have precedent. Nick Saban was able to do this. Send him on down to Atlanta and let him coach because he would not have it anymore. Um, I, I don't know if that's the case or not. I did see Lane Kiffin uh, replied to Danny Cannell and then deleted his reply uh, saying that they were trying to do just that. I don't know if that's real or not. I don't know why he deleted it, but yeah, uh, Danny Cannell, I think it was Danny Cannell, said something like, uh, why can't Lane like test out of this and go coach if he's negative? And Lane's reply was trying. So I don't know. Maybe that's on the table. It should be, because if you don't have it anymore, you should be allowed to go coach your football team. And the the quarantine rules are different for those who have gotten uh, the vaccine. And he has, obviously. So he should be treated like that. If he tested negative yesterday and then this morning, he should be able to go, even if he didn't test negative yesterday. If this morning they run a couple of tests and he's negative, they should get him on a plane, that private plane that he takes to Boca, and just send that thing to Atlanta and let him coach. But he did say that he was showing some mild symptoms. So maybe, you know, maybe he's still kind of dealing with that. But I think that they should live stream him. You guys have seen kind of what Barstool does, and they're they're not the only ones that will live stream themselves watching games. And uh, so you have to put the game up on one TV and like their live stream on your phone or whatever, and you see how how they react. Kiffin should do the same thing. They should set up a, a, a YouTube live or whatever of Lane Kiffin in his living room watching their game tonight. That's what they should do. That would, or at least just let him live tweet the thing. You know, give us the content that we need. Uh, that would be great. Where does Ole Miss sit in the top 25 with a win tonight? Let's see. All right. I'm going to pull up the top 25 right now. Which one do you want to use, the AP poll? We'll go with that. I think Ole Miss was ranked in the AP poll, though, weren't they? They were not. Okay. So 
Louisiana lost, they'll drop out. Uh, Washington lost, they'll drop out. Um, Indiana should drop out. They won't, but they should. Um, LSU should drop potentially out. They don't deserve to be ranked, that's for sure. Uh, They'll sit somewhere in front of at least ULL, Washington, Indiana. They should at least be in the 20 range give or take, considering who got beat this weekend and who they got beat by. I mean, Indiana was non-competitive against Iowa this weekend. Washington lost to an FCS team. Uh, I love Billy Napier. Love Billy Napier. Uh, But his team did get beat pretty bad in Austin, so they should fall out. They were 23rd going into this. Uh, Yeah, somewhere in that window, I think. Somewhere in that window. Uh, Wisconsin should fall. Miami should fall rather dramatically, but i understand if they didn't put Ole Miss in front of them with a win tonight, but they got a win tonight. Uh, but I would understand. Good Monday morning, Michael. Good Monday morning, JP. Only one countdown remains until we're firmly in the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, man. Uh, Cowboys Bucks on Thursday night, and then we're really cooking. Then we're really cooking. Then Louisville go 9-4 and four when Lamar won the Heisman. So, Yeah, that's the thing about tonight is people are asking how much does Kiffin being out impact the game, and I think it's got one. I mean, it would be naive and rather stupid to say a team without their head coach who has heavy influence in the offense uh, doesn't matter. I mean, that would just be insane. That would be a really stupid thing to do and say. Um, It it does matter. It is impactful for sure. Um, If Ole Miss is going to be the team that, Ole Miss fans think they're going to be, then they should still win the game tonight, even without Lane Kiffin. Uh, they are, or should be, if they're an eight, nine win football team like the fans think they are, even without Lane Kiffin, they should take care of business tonight. They should be better than Louisville at most every spot on the field. Malik Cunningham's a, a hell of an athlete, and Ole Miss has their hands full defensively tonight with him. They do. Uh, but if they are going to be better on that side of the ball, if they're going to be an 8-9 win team, then tonight without Lane Kiffin still should be a game that Ole Miss wins and wins possibly comfortably uh, if they're going to be that good. that That's what should happen tonight. Um, but, again, it, it would be naive and rather silly if I said that Kiffin not being there does not impact the game. It absolutely does. I mean, that that would just be nonsense to suggest otherwise. It does but I still think they should win regardless if they are the team that we think they are. What's the highest Ole Miss could be ranked going into Tuscaloosa? In the teens, uh, just depending on what happens between now and then. I mean, we have, um, what, three weeks between now and then? If they win, yeah, then they can definitely, definitely be up there. So Tony's asking, why are Mississippi State fans complaining about Will Rogers' performance? Because they need a scapegoat. I mean, his numbers were good, good enough especially, but what do you expect a quarterback to do when his five cannot block three for a good portion of the game? There were multiple times where he held onto the football too long, and I still think he's unwilling to take risks downfield that that he could. Uh, But no, I'm with you, Tony. I mean, he wasn't bad. It's not Will Rogers' fault that they gave up as many points as they did. It's not Will Rogers' fault that there were multiple fumbles in the game, and it's not Will Rogers' fault that his offensive line largely is still pretty bad. 
I mean, what, what do you want him to do? He threw for almost 400 yards. His completion percentage was good. He had a handful of touchdowns. He let a comeback. I mean, it wasn't perfect. He's not perfect. But again, you cannot expect a quarterback to just be perfect when his offensive line is not protecting him well. I, I don't... Fans did this last year with Rodgers as well. I don't understand it. I, I, and then what's your better option? No, bench Rodgers for who? The guy that transferred from South Alabama that wasn't great there? Or another true freshman who was playing against the 16-year-old who's going to go to Texas Tech on a music scholarship? Like, what, what are we talking about here? What better options are there? Oh, bench Rodgers for who? For who? What other options are there that are better than what you got on Saturday? Again, it's not his fault that they can't block, and it's not his fault that the defense gave up. (laughs) That was the most disappointing part of the weekend. It was not the offensive line not improving. It was Arnett's defense giving up big plays and chunk yardage against Louisiana Tech. That was a hell of a lot more disappointing than Will Rogers. He was fine. He was fine. Um, Much more accurate. Much more accurate and looked a little bit more comfortable. Sometimes needs to get rid of the football, holds on to it too long, and sometimes needs to take off running a little bit more. But there was growth there. There was some growth there. It wasn't perfect, but again, that's okay. Uh, He was not the issue on Saturday. Not even close. Ty saying, I have a feeling Alabama will win a 62-35 type game against Ole Miss, especially with it being circled on the schedule. They're giving up 62 points again. Oh, man. Um, It's possible, though. John's asking if there's any rules against Lane being on WhatsApp or Zoom making calls. Yes, so he cannot do that. Uh, Unless they break him. Unless they break him. John says, I'd let Levertich run out for a set of downs. Kid plays hard. Yeah, I would play hard, too. (laughs) Doesn't mean I should be out there. But, no, I I think their problems extend beyond quarterback play. Uh, People blaming Will Rogers for them being in the hole. I just I don't see the same thing that they see. I don't think it was his fault at all. Uh, but that's just me. So it, interesting game tonight with Ole Miss and uh, and Louisville. We'll see what Jeff Levy's all about. I mean, most people think that he's going to be a head coach after this year. I think he's going to be a head coach after this year. So we're going to see what it looks like when it's his show to run offensively. Uh, we'll see um, what it's like without Lane Kiffin when it's all Levy. Vegas like State minus 1.5 favorite against NC State. Cleans up penalties and handling the football. They should be fine. I don't think it's that simple. But, yeah, I'm interested at the, in that line, though. That doesn't, honestly, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, if, if we're being totally honest, um, with the way both teams looked and all that. But Vegas knows a hell of a lot more than I do. So um, all I know is NC State will bring a defensive front that is significantly better than Louisiana Tech's. Uh, so it's not just penalties up front for state uh, or else they're going to have a long day. But yeah, that was a big part. I mean, they had a penalty on average every four plays in the first and fourth quarter or first and third quarter of the game or second, and third quarter. I'm an idiot. Second and third quarter, um, a penalty every four plays on average. You're not going to win many games like that. You're not going to win many games turning the football over either. But very different challenge with NC State coming in this weekend. 
And Randall, you're right. I mean, the the old saying is the most improvement a team makes is from week one to week two. Uh, so State better hope that is the case. Chon says take the one and a half all day. Ty says if the defense is significantly better this year, DJ will be a head coach next year. Uh, it's possible, but there's that baggage, and there's going to be a lot of places that aren't going to touch that. There's a reason he's a defensive coordinator right now. Uh, it's not because of his inability to be a head coach. He's pretty good at that. But, uh, there, there are going to be some places that will not take that in. There are going to be some places that just won't. Understandably so, if we're being honest. But right now, Ole Miss is, is fortunate that he's on staff because uh, – they have that steady, that steady head coach personality on the sideline to get them through one game without Kiffin. So here's my uh, Max Kellerman take of the day. By the way, Max Kellerman take of the day, going out a bit of a uh, on a limb with this one. My overreaction. So my state friends Patrick says uh, he holds onto the ball too long. That's one a valid criticism. He does at times, but also he's not protected very well at times either. If you got a long developing pass play, you need five to be able to block three for a couple of seconds, and they couldn't do that either. But my Max Kellerman take of the day is college football, after week one overreaction, college football is more balanced than it has been in a long time at the top. So there's still like seven teams that can actually win a national championship. But what I noticed this weekend, Alabama aside, but we'll get to them in a second, everybody has a flaw. Everybody's flawed. Uh, Oklahoma defensively, not impressive at all, and that's a year removed from being quite bad defensively. I think Texas might actually challenge them in the Big 12 this year, and Rattler's still apparently inconsistent. He's a great player, great arm, all that stuff, inconsistent, a bit turnover-prone. So Oklahoma doesn't play good defense, and their quarterback's a little turnover-prone. Clemson up front on the offensive line, yeah, they'll win the next 12 games because the ACC is flat-out garbage, but Clemson is obviously very, very flawed, and we saw that against Georgia. Georgia offensively is still archaic. Daniels is just okay. Uh, schematically, they're not impressive at all, and they can definitely lose to not just Alabama in the SEC championship game. They're flawed. Ohio State is flawed. The back end of their defense gives up too many big plays. And I think C.J. Stroud has a lot of growth to do if he's going to be a championship-winning quarterback. Oregon, they struggled with Fresno State. We'll see if they're able to compete with Ohio State this weekend. Um, and, Ty, that's what I was getting to. We're, we're thinking alike. Is Alabama that elite, or is Miami just trash? I think it's a combination of both. Alabama obviously looked really, really sharp. And really good. But Miami was the recipient of an insane amount of undue hype going into this season. If you look at 2020 Miami, weren't really competitive against the best teams on their schedule. North Carolina absolutely beat the brakes off of them towards the end of the year last year. I mean, it's there are, what, five, six SEC teams that I would say would comfortably beat Miami. Uh, at least that many, probably more. Uh, the ACC had an awful... Awful, 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 awful weekend. Just awful. Um, and, and I think that Alabama looking as good as they did was a product of them being as good as they are, but also Miami kind of being trash. So I, I'm with you. 
But aside from Alabama, everybody showed that they have a flaw this weekend. We'll have to wait and see about Alabama until they play Florida. What is that, two weeks from now? I should have the helmet schedule like hanging in my office somewhere. I don't know why I don't. I don't have a printer. That's also part of the problem. But we won't learn about Alabama for two weeks. So they have Mercer this weekend. God bless Mercer. Uh, They've got Mercer this weekend, and then they go to Florida. We will learn about Alabama next weekend and see how ready they are or or how sharp they are if they are this flawless uh, football team that they looked like this past weekend. But it feels to me, again, your Max Kellerman take of the day, that college football at the top is pretty balanced. Everybody is good. Everybody has flaws. Wait and see. Uh, about Alabama. So we'll see. We've been begging for parity. We still don't have it, but maybe, just maybe, everybody's got a shot at beating each other for the first time in a while. So um, Ed Ordron's not going to last the season, by the way. He, he might finish as finish the year like coach all 12 games, but uh, he it doesn't appear right now that he, he'll be coaching LSU after this season. Um, because they got multiple losses incoming. I, I mean, if they if they can't beat UCLA, if, if they're going to let the Bruins just run on them the way they did, physically being overmatched the way they were, then, I mean, they have to go to Kentucky, which won't be easy. They have to play Florida. Obviously, they have to play Alabama and Texas A&M. And, and are we, at this point, going to pretend like they're going to roll into Ole Miss and, and just win that game? No way. Um, it's a very flawed, very flawed football team. And on top of that, and there's all the other stuff that, you know, is going on there right now. Uh, Title IX investigation, NCAA investigation, titled both of them directly involving the football program. Um, let's just say if they go to Starkville and lose in a few weeks, don't be surprised if some stuff, some more stuff starts leaking out so they can avoid paying a buyout and fire him with cause. We've seen that model before. That's like the new thing. It's the new thing. In, uh, in college football is finding a reason to fire your coach to avoid paying a stupid buyout that you agreed to in the first place, thus cratering your program after that. These week one conference games and tough out-of-conference games are here to stay. That in mind, I want to believe parity is starting to emerge. I'll give it until October, though. That wasn't too Max Kellerman. No, I'd, it's like a, a new segment I want to start doing, my Max Kellerman uh, take of the day. But... Everybody's flawed, and that's a good thing. Like I'm, I'm happy to say that. I'm glad that Clemson is flawed. And buddy, I was wrong about their offense. I thought they wouldn't miss a beat uh, without uh, Trevor Lawrence. But yeah, oh, they won't. I mean, DJ's going to throw for five thousand yards because they play absolutely nobody for the rest of the season. But I was wrong about Alabama, or excuse me, about Clemson's offense. Definitely wrong there. Ty says, I personally think Anthony Richardson will be or should be the starter going on, but I think Mullen will start the experienced quarterback in Emory before making the switch. Yeah, you've got people in Gainesville calling for that already. Uh, One looked a hell of a lot better than the other. I know it's Florida Atlantic, but how can you ignore what you saw, which was one greater than other? Like, I'm not a multi-million dollar football coach, but I have eyes, and so do all of you. And you guys saw that one of those two quarterbacks for Florida is better than the other, and it's not Emory Jones. 
Charlie's asking, why is the game so late tonight? ESPN not know that uh, everybody has work tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, I think it's mostly just to try to get as big of a national audience for a marquee game as possible. Um, that, that, that would be the easiest answer. Uh, Mondays are big rating days. That's why when people say that when we talk about college football playoff and ratings and stuff like that and how they're going down, people try to say, well, well, the game is on Monday. That's not why it's down. Monday is the best possible day that they could put the game because nobody has anything else to do. Uh, Saturday, people have stuff to do. Kids have birthday parties. Little Timmy has a soccer game or a t-ball game, and people are out running around doing stuff, or they'll group watch. And group watching is harder for them to measure, and they don't get a true audience number. They want these games. Super Bowl's on Sunday night because you don't have anything else to do on Sunday night. You're winding down from the weekend, getting ready for another week of work. The College Football National Championship is on a Monday because you don't want your audience to have anything else to do. Nobody's doing anything on a Monday night. So this is a chance to have a really big audience if the game is good. Now, if it's a blowout, it won't be. But Monday is a great ratings day because nobody has anything else to do. You've said that about Owen's job security. Seat's got to be burning now. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're you're just wait. If they go to Starkville and lose, I mean, they, they might survive a few weeks where things settle in. Like, he could win presumably five in a row. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they win their next five before – uh, they host Florida. It's McNeese, Central Michigan, at Mississippi State, Auburn, at Kentucky. I wouldn't be surprised if um, if they win all those games. I also wouldn't be surprised if they went to Starkville and lost and lost to Auburn and lost to Kentucky. I mean, I wouldn't be. So there's a chance that he writes the ship for a little while. But if they go to Starkville and lose, or if they go to Lexington and lose, some stuff. Is going to start leaking out. Some stuff is going to start leaking out. If you're Kiffin, Patrick asks, would you pick up the phone if LSU called? Absolutely. Absolutely, I would. Um, get. I mean, just Matt Moscona, I watched his postgame video video uh, from the Rose Bowl. I like Matt Moscona a lot. Uh, I think he's, he's really good at what he does. And uh, yes, he is a big LSU homer, because of course he is. But I like him. He brought it up, or I guess somebody in his comments on his post-game video feed brought it up. And yeah, there are going to be LSU people for every time they lose a game and every time Ole Miss wins a game, they're going to say that they should hire Lane Kiffin. And if honestly, people aren't going to like it, but yes, I would answer the phone if I were Lane Kiffin because LSU is a place that you know can win championships today. He has to build Ole Miss into a place that can. They're not there yet. Also... I would consider, if I were him, a handful of factors. LSU is not just like a perfect job at the moment. They do have multiple investigations hanging over their head. And they would have just fired a close friend of his two years removed from a perfect season in a national championship. There's some flaws there with the job. It is better. It is a better job than Ole Miss. But there are some outside factors that are affecting that. But yes, I would pick up the phone. Absolutely. Um Anybody saying they wouldn't are crazy. Yeah, you would. Uh, if I was LSU, though, I think Billy Napier would be the guy I would hire. I'm I'm a huge Billy Napier fan, in part because I have his autograph when he was a quarterback at Furman up here. Uh, uh, let's see if I can. Yeah, check this out. <laughs> Billy Napier right there. Um, from 2001, 
uh, my dad and, and I went to a Furman playoff game, and he was a quarterback. Anyway, um, I'm a huge fan of his, and I think he's a great coach, and I think that it would be bad for the SEC if he got the LSU job, and I think that's the one he's waiting for. Um, but yes, I would pick up the phone. Absolutely. And if I were Keith Carter, I would offer as much money as humanly possible to keep him around. And you might just be able to convince him to do that, considering the uncertainty in Baton Rouge. I mean, don't forget, Lane Kiffin took a better job than the one he had that was facing NCAA sanctions, and he got left on a tarmac three years later, unfairly. If you really look at Lane Kiffin's USC tenure, him getting fired the way he did was complete BS. He was working with 10 fewer scholarship players a year, and they were they were good. Wasn't good enough. So if I were him, I would answer the phone, and I would have a lot of questions, and I would hesitate if I were him. But LSU also has to want him as well. Ty says, uh, oh, wait, sorry. Going backwards. Charlie, what's on the grill tonight? I have to work. I have to work. We're doing a show today. We're doing the radio show today. So uh, nothing, because I'll leave the show and try to rush home in time for kickoff. So nothing, sadly. I'm working today. Alabama's schedule, Randall says, will be challenging this year, but not as difficult as years past. Ole Miss may have a chance if the defense continues to improve each week. Of course, Dark Steele says, of course, Richardson was better. He's wearing number 15. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, Dak is healthy, by the way. So we'll get to see, a, well, healthy enough. He's going to be playing on Thursday. Uh, so that's good. That's good. But, um, man, honestly, I think the SEC Alabama aside is pretty wide open. Everybody's got flaws. Texas A&M didn't look great the other day, and I think they're going to be good, and I think reading too much into one game where they ended up winning by like 30 points is kind of a stupid thing to do. But when you look at how everybody played this weekend, for the most part, every game is winnable. You know, Vanderbilt's not going to win anything. They're awful. Uh, South Carolina fans can can thump their chest about how great the team looked when they beat Eastern Illinois all they want. They're going to be quite bad. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, even Mississippi State after the bad weekend they just had, uh, Kentucky, Missouri didn't look great. But still, I think all these teams are kind of in a bunch. I think they can all beat each other in every game, basically is winnable outside of Alabama right now. Tigers got pushed around in the trenches, JP says. There's absolutely no recipe to fix that. That's the thing. That's that's what I was talking about Saturday night with Mississippi State and some people. You can't fix getting physically overmatched on the offensive line and defensive line. Shoot, and that's an LSU team that uh, should not be overmatched the way they were. But that's it. Um, yeah, that's it. Ty, my prediction for tonight was 42-28, I think, on the podcast, right? It was 42-28 or 42-24. Kiffin changes things some, but I'm a man of my word and I'm sticking to it. So I'll have to go back and listen. It's either 42-28 or 42-24 is the one that I locked in on the podcast the other day. So I'll stick with it, although Kiffin does change things. So anyway. Whew. Felt good. I went fast this morning, I guess. I, uh, I had to. So, Somebody's telling me that Lane Kiffin should coach from a, uh, a hospital bed. Thumbs up, Hugh. Oh, man. I'm very fascinated 
with uh, seeing what Levy does on his own tonight. I, I mean, that, that's that's something to really watch. And if you're a group of five athletic director out there, that's what I'm watching. I'm really watching almost closely tonight. What does Jeff Levy look out, look like without Lane Kiffin? What does he look like? We'll see. Good morning, William. Glad to see you, man. Hope that uh, hope that new job's going well. Don't forget, guys, to, to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, really thankful that a lot of you have. Uh, Saturday night was a lot of fun. We're going to keep doing that. We're going to do that all football season long, uh, all the way until January. So, anyway, I've got to run because, again, I've got to work today. You know, no days off in the radio business, as it turns out. And uh, since nobody else on the show is going to do any prep, I got to do it. So, um, so I got to run. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Enjoy the game tonight. Um, Brett, I would love for them to be an hour long as well. Uh, it's just uh, a time thing. Um, just a time thing. Uh, that's that's about the only window that he and I have to record together. But I, I'm I'm with you, man. But I appreciate you, you listening and uh, and being a part. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. You can't miss me. But uh, enjoy yourselves tonight. Enjoy your day. Uh, and I'll see you tomorrow morning recapping uh, Ole Miss and Louisville, and then looking at some lines for next weekend. So, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I will be on the radio this afternoon and uh, then back with you tomorrow. So, have a good day and I'll talk to you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.